Hello, everyone, and thank you for joining us for this edition of the New Lines Institute for Strategy and Policies Contours podcast series. My name is Nick Harris, and today I am joined by Claudia Gago-Ostos, who is a researcher here in the Human Security Unit at the New Lines Institute. Claudia has extensive experience analyzing Latin America, Venezuela, democracy building, non-state armed groups, civil resistance, and other geopolitically relevant topics as it pertains to Latin America and the Western Hemisphere. The focus of our discussion today will be to have Claudia give us her analysis on dynamics in Latin America with a special emphasis on Venezuela since Russia's February 24th, 2022 invasion of Ukraine. There's been a lot that's happened since February, including a key piece of the Biden administration's approach to the region in the Summit of the Americas. Claudia, thank you for joining us today. I'd like to start off by asking you, what is Maduro trying to achieve for Venezuela in a post-February 24th, 2022 reality after the Russian invasion of Ukraine? What is he trying to go for? Hi, Nick. Thank you so much for that great question. I believe Maduro's is trying to accomplish regime stability. So for the past few years, his legitimacy internationally and nationally has been challenged. And in this new geopolitical panorama, he found the opportunity to strengthen his role in the international arena by aligning and finding strength in these new powers that are arising. So let's say with the U.S. banning Russian oil exports, the U.S. is turning to other countries that can produce oil. Since 2019, Venezuela's oil had been sanctioned, but now he found a new opportunity for that oil to be needed. So let's build on that point. So it seems that Maduro is very much cognizant of the power that Venezuela's energy resources brings him. And we've seen a back and forth between the Biden administration and Maduro. There's been sort of a courtship happening since the Russian invasion of Ukraine. What's your read on what the Biden team's trying to achieve with Venezuela? They're trying to get Venezuela's oil while maintaining their grand strategy of making Venezuela a democracy again. So they're using Venezuela's Maduro and opposition negotiations in Mexico, which had been stalled since last year, March 2021, if I'm not mistaken. They're using the restart of those negotiations as a condition to possibly ease oil sanctions, which is something the Maduro regime desperately needs because that would give them an influx of money. But it's also something that the U.S. would benefit from. However, it is important to know that Even if sanctions are lifted from Venezuelan oil, the situation of oil production within Venezuela is not what it used to be. Even if Venezuelan oil was not sanctioned anymore and we could go back to production and exporting, the refineries and the machinery is not at capacity to fulfill the world's need for oil. Therefore, it might help the demand for oil but it won't make a significant enough difference in the price of oil worldwide. You have a lot of personal experience with civil society and democracy in Venezuela. 
And as we know, the Biden administration is very much focused on a global struggle between democracies, and the United States would leave those democracies in autocracies, supporting Democrats versus autocrats, as the Biden campaign and early Biden administration team has stated. One of the interesting dynamics in the courtship between the United States and Venezuela since the Russian invasion of Ukraine has been the sort of, I'd say, casting aside of that democratic standard by the administration in its engagements with Venezuela. So I want to get your sort of perspective. I mean, you were there on the street so many different times, part of the movement inside Venezuela. What is your view on how the Biden team can square the circle of promoting democracy globally, but also engaging pragmatically with potential partners like Venezuela that are geopolitically important? So that's a great question. And I think that's the conundrum that the Biden administration is facing right now. They want to remain loyal to their values, but they're seeing that the change that they had supported in Venezuela did not happen the way they had expected. So when the U.S. decided to support Juan Guaido, the president of the National Assembly, as the interim government, they were expecting a much quicker turnaround. They definitely weren't expecting the interim government to last until 2022. So what they're dealing with right now is they have to deal with the Maduro government because they have the factual control of the resources in the country. But they've invested so much political capital in supporting Juan Guaido that they can't back out from that now. And from the civil society point of view, there's so much more that could be done. Civil society is a key factor that's been missing from the negotiations in Mexico, and they are the real victims of this whole crisis. They are the ones who are recording the human rights violations. They're the one recording and reporting all the actual on-the-ground needs, like how freedom of speech has been suffering. All the different types of civil society organizations that have risen through these years, their voice is lacking from these negotiations. And I think the Biden administration would benefit a lot from reaching out to them instead of just the political actors, because they've been working for a longer time. Therefore, they have a better understanding, plus they can reach to both sides of the aisle. Meaning if a human rights organization can sit down with Maduro and can sit down with Guaido, they might be able to ease negotiations better or help them work better. Okay, Claudia, I want to pick up on this concept. You've done a great job of you know, giving us some very interesting detail on how civil society and democracy building actors in Venezuela could be impacted by the sort of geopolitical games that are going on with the context of the Russian invasion of Ukraine. So I want to dive a little bit more into that. How is it possible for the United States to really be able to support democracy and civil society in Venezuela in the current moment with the reality that Russia, China, and Iran actually have a longer engagement with Venezuela recently, and the fact that all three of those countries are trying to build a beachhead, so to speak, in the Western Hemisphere. Is it possible for civil society and democracy to be on the agenda for this Biden team with the reality that it's Venezuela and Venezuela's contribution to the global energy economy that is the most important chip on the table, so to speak? 
So I think that is the greatest challenge because with these actors growing in influence in Venezuela, the U.S. can't ignore that Venezuela is also right in its backyard. And even though Venezuela and U.S. relations go way back and they've always had a good economic relationship, meaning most of the refineries in southern Texas were built for Venezuelan oil. Like these relationships go way back. However, with the rise of Chavez and changing in U.S. priorities, those relationships changed and Latin America was not a priority for U.S. relations and neither was Venezuela. That changed under Trump when he tightened the grip on Maduro's regime. However, now the whole geopolitical panorama changed and with Russia, Iran and China all growing in influence, the U.S. is really facing the conundrum of they want to support Guaido, they want to support a democratic change, they want to support civil society. But the reality is they need to buy support from whoever is actually in power. And it seems like Maduro is allying with the stronger voices in the room. Let's call it that way. Therefore, the Biden administration needs to reach out to Maduro with conditions like they've done. So let's say they recently lifted sanctions from the former treasury and, and vice president of Pereza, who's also the nephew of the first lady. And all these little like tit for tats that they've been doing have worked well, but they haven't really led to actual change. So we've been hearing that the negotiations between the Venezuelan opposition and the Maduro government are going to restart, yet they haven't. And there's no agenda on the table. And there's no way to pressure both of these parties to get their negotiations started. Also, the whole summit of the Americas show the fact that Nicaragua, Cuba, and Venezuela weren't invited to it. Maduro's reaction to not being invited to it was to fight over Turkey and to begin his Middle Eastern tour. So it's almost like Maduro's understanding that the U.S. wants to reach out to him and ignoring it in a way, being like, I'll get whatever minimal concessions the U.S. is willing to give me, but I'm not willing to actually engage with the U.S. That's a brilliant point, Claudia, that really is important for our audience to gather, is that Maduro, by playing tough to get, seems to have actually created a pattern whereby the Biden administration has tried harder to get his attention. Thank you very much, Claudia, for this outstanding discussion on Venezuela and how Venezuela's policies toward the United States in this changing world order that we find ourselves in will have significant importance for U.S. policy as well as for the future of the Western Hemisphere. Thank you, everyone, for joining us today. We will continue to have a strong focus on dynamics and events as they unfold in Latin America and the Western Hemisphere. All the best.